Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with a topic that excites me very much, and it's a topic that should excite you very much if you're interested in scaling your practice, and that is customer relationship management, CRM. You know, there's been a lot of waves in the legal space, and I think a lot of these have been maybe, you know, there's a lot of money in the space. I'll say that much. And there's a lot of incentive for people, which I would more accurately consider practice management softwares to be branded as CRMs. But without getting into too much detail, let's take a step back and say what a customer relationship management platform is. So if you guys are familiar with Salesforce.com, giant multi-billion dollar company, they are sort of the flagship of this whole movement that's really kind of come together in the last uh, eh, 10, 15 years and customer relationship management. So what does CRM do at the end of the day? CRM is used for a lot of different things. And for the most part, from somebody who's worked in a lot of different sales organizations, I've seen dozens of CRMs at this point. I've helped other people configure their CRMs, et cetera, et cetera. What the purpose of a CRM is in my mind. And again, this is not necessarily a, you know, Webster's dictionary definition. There is none. And the people who try to define it have a lot of money invested in doing so. But a CRM, in my opinion, is something that takes somebody from a prospect, somebody who knows your brand, has interacted with your brand for the first time. Perhaps it's somebody who enters their name in the form on your website and gives you means to manage that relationship up until the point where they become a client. Now, At the point that they become a client, I think technically what happens past that point is what I would describe as practice management. And I'm going to get into detail on why those should not be the same pieces of software in a little bit. But at the end of the day, CRM is usually going to consist of means to track things. A lot of the times this will include call recording, being able to email text within a platform. This will include stuff like automation sometimes, workflows, if that's something that you're familiar with. And one of the super key ones at the end of the day is pipeline. And pipeline is the ability to see where things are at at a glance. So you can make sure that you're staying on top of the people that have you know, probably resulted in being in your world through some effort of your own, whether that's advertising money, whether that's content marketing or, you know, handing out your business card at a BNI meeting or something like that. So, and I actually think that that's probably the most important function of a CRM at the end of the day. If you wanted to look at a business from a pure, let's call it business broker perspective, just down to the numbers, somebody who has CRM in place and is using it effectively will have a higher efficiency of the amount of people that are first interacting with their brand and the ones that are eventually going to be signing. So let me get into why your CRM, in my opinion, should be something that's different from your relationship management software. And that's because CRM sucks to use. So I can tell you this, a little bit going back to my sales career. So I've used a bunch of the big ones over the years. My first job out of college was for a Fortune 500 sales organization. And they use a deployment of SAP, which is kind of like an on-premise solution. They do a lot of custom stuff. But I've, I've used Salesforce before. I've used a lot of the majors. And one of the major tensions, and if you've already tuned out this episode, chances are you won't hear this, but people don't like CRM because it's a pain in the butt, right? So it's hard enough to be doing your job as far as following up with these people. And it's really, really hard to get out of your chair and hit the phone button and make sure that you're having an uncomfortable conversation with somebody who probably isn't calling you back for a reason. But 
On top of that, you have to annotate every single thing that you did in order to effectively make the CRM work. So there's a fundamental tension in every full-time salesperson's life, which is how much time do I spend doing my job versus how much time do I document how I did my job, right? And at the end of the day, it's a tension that will always exist between frontline people and management. But as somebody potentially who's a solo and responsible for both these things, you have to realize that the completeness of the data within CRM is directly proportional to how effective that is. And for yourself, it's a very important thing. And I'll say this too. Sometimes a CRM could be a legal pad that's on your desk that says, hey, I got to call Jeff Smith, Mike Jones, Jim Brown, all that kind of stuff too. And then, you know, making a, a hash mark or a check for the amount of times that you call them. Because if it's getting people to the point where more people that interact with you or become your clients, it's moving the ball forward. That's the important thing. So this is kind of goes back into why this is really, really important. And I kind of want to explore this, this concept of parsimony, right? So if we're accepting the premise that CRM is going to be a benefit, but it's a pain in the butt, we got to make sure that it's as little as a pain of the butt impossible. This is actually a uh, another quote that I really like too. And just as far as designing user systems, uh, this is this quote, you always have to ask as if the user's drunk, right? Because, you know, they might not necessarily be, well, I hope they're not drinking on the job, but if you're in between calls, you have five minutes to do something, you know, you might as well be drunk in that thing. Your mind's elsewhere. You're not going to be able to do it. So if we introduce any friction in the process, it's going to become way less likely that anything's going to be done properly. And we kind of have this weird snowball effect that'll happen sometimes where, okay, people will start out day one, they're being a little Boy Scout or Girl Scout, they're doing all their work and they're doing everything properly. And again, sometimes this is you in this instance, but then you say, well, yeah, what if I just skip the notes on this one? And then this one becomes the next one. And all of a sudden you have, you know, a giant CRM deployment that you're paying for every single month. That's not doing anything because you stopped doing it a long time ago. At some point, the friction that led you to not do it or the, your end user to not do it is contributing to the thing not being done at all. And again, ultimately, that's not going to get our business to a point where we're going to be closing as much as we possibly can from the people that are interacting with us. So we have to kind of keep these two competing interests in tension with each other. How do we have enough data so that we can effectively move the ball forward on people that have not yet become a client? And while at the same time, not making it onerous to fill out all the data required for this client. Now, this is the fundamental problem that I think is where all the practice management softwares, some of which have raised tons of money to basically convince you that this isn't the case, but there's a lot of practice management softwares that are masquerading as a CRM. Now, why do I consider the time when somebody signs a client as the point at which it becomes a practice management issue as opposed to a CRM issue? When somebody becomes a client, we introduce a lot of different things. We introduce communication with the client. We introduce workflows. We introduce the entire back office team. Again, sometimes that's one part-time person if you're a solo, sometimes it's you, but you know, sometimes that's an entire team if you're a larger firm, right? And the workflows and the processes that they need to interact are very, very, very different than the stuff that you or an end user that's on you know, an intake team has to kind of keep track of, right? So the thing is you can't necessarily satisfy in the way that most of the deployments that I've been on the inside of attempt to satisfy this is you make a big tent, basically. You make something that is is large enough to satisfy both parties, right? So you have people in the back office that are dealing with pipeline information and their budgets and you know their timelines and that kind of like stuff like that. And at the same time, you have salespeople that are dealing with maybe 50 or 100 form fields on every single detail pertaining to their case. 
And what does this introduce at the end of the day? It's friction, right? So you can't necessarily, it's going to be a shoehorn in either direction. If you have practice management software that's masquerading as a CRM or a CRM that's masquerading on practice managed software. So I really think that it's important for people to have a tool that's right for the job and just have two tools at the end of the day. I think it's a fool's errand to attempt to have something that can satisfy both needs because in my opinion, they're so different. And the way that I recommend getting these things solved is with, you know, pretty simple integrations too. And like, again, this is, this is, this will be my free consulting tip for, for the episode. Find somebody who knows Zapier or gets Zapier yourself and have a Zap that will take whatever CRM you're using. And when you sign somebody as a closed client, it will create a matter within your practice management software. That will solve. There's firms that have spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to shoehorn results to avoid that problem. And that is going to fix 99% of what you need to do because ultimately just except from the premise that they're going to be different things at the end of the day. And I think there's this kind of a, just to kind of dig into the motivations of why this exists in the first place too, because it's honestly in software marketing, it's a lot sexier to sell new revenue than it is to sell efficiency at the end of the day, right? If you can say that, and again, it's, and it's it's really, and look, as somebody who has been like working in sales and marketing for a very long time, I mean, I'm very used to showing people the future of what it's like when they have more money in their, their practice, right? This podcast and some has been there. And it's something I can talk to very, very effectively. But a lot of the times too, it's just as important, if not more important to have an efficient back office. And I think practice management is an extremely important thing for somebody to have in their office. Not that it's a focus of this episode, but for people that are trying to get clicks on their ads and people to return the phone calls of their salespeople, a lot of the times too, it's, you know, just the market has shown them that, you know, that it's, it's more likely that they're going to get attention when we're talking about new business as opposed to making their existing business more effective, right? So I think there's a lot of motivation in the market, especially as these people start to go public and raise, you know, series F rounds for $150 million and doing whatever it takes to get in front of people. So we have the situation where there's a lot of practice management softwares that are pretending to be CRMs. But at the end of the day, even if your CRM is a legal pad, it's better to have something purpose-built than to have something that satisfies both things not super effectively. So this has been a bit of a rant, but I think it's an important concept. And if you guys are interested in this kind of topic or structuring your firm operations, that kind of stuff, I would encourage you to click the link in the show notes. So we actually did a little micro course on W case files, including a module on how to set up a mega basic CRM. And this is going to be something in Google Sheets. We got templates, we got everything there too, totally free. Just take a look. And for everyone else that will not be partaking in that, Hopefully you will partake in this podcast next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern. I'm your host as always, Jan Roos, and this is the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.